Welcome to the latest Buff Zone podcast. I'm Brian Howell, and pleased to be joined by my colleague Pat Rooney. And Pat, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Mr. Howell? I am good, and uh, you know we are now into the final month of the college football season. Well, we'll see if it's the final month. It's the final month of the regular season for sure. And uh, the Buffs week or game number nine come up this week. They've got Oregon State at home. Saturday night, eight o'clock uh, at at Folsom Field, uh, game should be or is on ESPN. So um, Buffs trying to bounce back from a, a second straight loss. They're at four and four at this point, and um, it doesn't get any easier because you got the sixteenth ranked Beavers coming to town. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this last week, but we knew this was going to be a a tough part of the schedule for the Buffs and. Uh, you know, certainly start out that way. A lot more of the same that we uh, at UCLA that we've seen in recent weeks, just being unable to predict your standards at all. You know, the defense played a pretty solid game, but just could not get anything going consistently offensively and really because of the pass rush. Yeah. And, you know, giving up, uh, you know, seven sacks uh, again. And I think he was hit 17 times. Uh, that's a lot of hits on your quarterback, and um, he's the most sacked quarterback in the country and actually on pace, Pat, right now uh, to set what we believe is an NCAA record uh, for most sacks in the season. So uh, that's not good, uh, and the Buffs have got to fix that somehow. And uh, that was kind of – it's been kind of the one of the, the bigger storylines after that game is the offensive line play and and really Deion Sanders' comments about it. And you know, he says right after the game, you know, the way to fix it, you got to go get new linemen. And then, uh, you know, on Tuesday, he says that he has, uh, he had a, you know, personal meeting with that group and he feels they're going to come out stronger this week. And so putting those two things together, you know, what did you kind of make of uh, all those comments about the offensive line? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. And, you know, I kind of thought about asking him about it at the press conference this week, but he sort of, uh, addressed it to his, on his own and, and it was kind of beaten at a question. I forget who asked it the other day, but, um, you know, do they need new offensive line? Yeah, probably. Uh, but the other part, I mean, these these are the guys you still have to play with. There's still a third of the season remaining here. And these are the guys you got to go into these games with. These are still going to be the guys. There's not going to be some mass personnel changes. I know they've tried to tweak things a little bit here or there personnel-wise. But essentially, the guys you've had so far are the guys you got to try to finish with. And those comments aside, they got to find a way to just help those linemen a little bit more. You know, you and I both kind of wrote about it during our, in our respective columns during the week here that they haven't even really tried to get the running game going. Um, You know, are are they a great running team? No. Um, But I don't, you know, I don't think they've even really tried to establish a run game and they certainly had opportunities to do it against UCLA. Like I said, we both touched on it in a couple separate pieces on buff zone. Um, but for whatever reason, uh, it, it's just not happening. And, you know, you broke it down pretty well in your rewind column, you know, especially for, for Hankerson and, and Dylan Edwards, the average yards per carry is not that bad with each of those two guys. You wonder why they're not getting fed more. Yeah. And it's surprising when, you know, you look at it and I, he's mentioned several times, Hey, we can't run the football. And uh, I think the numbers defy that, you know, I mean, uh, you look at the, the overall numbers and yeah, it says you can't run the football, but when you take out the sacks, they're actually not too bad. And, you know, they, 
not only is he the most uh, sacked quarterback, and you know, Old Dominion actually has one more, uh, has given up one more sack than the Buffs, but um, it's the yards lost by those sacks, which is kind of alarming. You know, as we've known, we we've talked about it before, but Shador is prone to taking huge losses on those sacks because he'll run backwards trying to make a play happen, and you know, they've lost 381 yards on sacks, which is 126 more than any other team in the country. Uh, that's insane, and. But uh, I'm trying to find it here because I wrote about it. But um, their their non sack, uh, if you take out the sacks, their rushing average is four point eight three. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. You know, on rushing attempts, and uh, you know, if you're handing off off the running backs, they're going to get four point eight. That also includes, uh, you know, Shadour's runs, and he's he's a pretty good running quarterback when he when he takes off. But you know, uh, Hankerson is averaging four point two. Dylan Edwards, 4.5, you know, I'll take that, you know, and Savion Wilkerson's a big back. That's going to get you three, four yards of carry. And uh, those are things that can get you going. And, um, you know, I wrote about this as well in the rewind, but, and I know you have too, Pat, but I mean, we've, we've both talked to linemen over the years that say they, they would much rather run block than pass block. And because they can be the aggressor and it gets them more involved in the game. Well, they're not giving their offensive line a chance to even do those things. And I think that's where you help this group. I think that's a big way you can help this group, and it opens up a lot of things. You know, opposing defenses don't have to respect any play fake in the backfield. I wrote about one play where Shadour kind of ran the, the play fake and settled up, and there was already two UCLA defenders right in front of him. And you know, there's no reason for them to respect that run game. And, you know, I thought, you know, kind of along the lines of you got to give the run game a chance. You know, C- Coach Prime – cited those two first down losses in the first half handing off the ball but you know what i counted two first down sacks as well in the first half so uh that actually lost a few more yards than the two running plays in question i believe so uh you know when you're not protecting the quarterback then i mean dropping back is a gamble itself every time on first down or any other down so um there seems to be a disconnect there and you know, especially as we both pointed out, I mean, Sean Lewis's teams at, at Kent State ran the ball more often than they threw the ball. And I don't expect that ratio with this team. That was Shadur Sanders. But the the discrepancy in the ratio between what he was as a play caller there and what we've seen so far, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't quite jive, you know? Yeah, and to me it shows, you know, probably a, a Coach Prime influence there because I think that, you know, Sean Lewis, just you look at his history and it's never been this big of a discrepancy towards the past. Now, he's probably uh, never had a quarterback as good as Shador Sanders. But, you know, I think that there's maybe some some coach prime influence there uh, with with the way this thing is called. And, you know, one other thing, their one touchdown drive uh, the other night, it was, came late in the game, but it started with an eight yard run by Savion Wilkerson on first down. So uh, there's some proof there that you can run the ball. They had another first down run later in that drive nine yards by Alton McCaskill so there's a couple of first down runs right there that that uh, that you know got the ball down the field a little bit so you can do it if you stick with it um and I don't know if they'll do it but I just believe that if, if this team would commit to the run and just pound the rock a little bit I think that they would open things up for Shador Sanders and this offense would be much better absolutely without question and you know it might get the Lyman confidence going a little bit uh, clearly they're struggling in the past game. Um, you know, their head coach going out there 
and saying they need new linemen isn't going to do much for that confidence. But you got to go to battle with these guys for four more games. And one way to get them going in games is let them get out and be the aggressors. Again, we both wrote about that this week, but pass blocking, you're on your heels. You know, the, the, the other teams kind of pinning their ears back, especially now. Opposing defenses don't have to really worry about anything else with the Buffs offense. And it really puts the offensive line at a disadvantage. And, you know, we've talked about it before. The running back group is supposed to be as talented a group, position group, as, as any unit on this team. Uh, you know, we got the news this week, obviously, that Alton McCaskill is going to be shutting it down for the rest of the year, try to preserve a season of eligibility. But there's still a lot of guys who have done, have had a lot of production in college football uh, that haven't really gotten a chance to get going so far this year. Yeah, and if there's a game that you want that offensive line to get some confidence and be an aggressor, it's this week because Oregon State is a really physical team, and you don't want to be on your heels as an offensive lineman right off the bat. So I'll be interested to see what happens on Friday night if they actually um, you know, start committing to that run a little bit and change things offensively because what they've done now, again, it's hard to complain too much when they're averaging 32 points a game, and this is the best offense we've seen at Colorado right. in a number of years. Uh, but I think that we're we're talking like this because we know it can be much better, and we've seen the potential of this offense. And I don't think it's reaching its potential uh, without that run game. And so we'll see what happens with that going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as kind of noted in the press conference this week, second straight week where they're playing a more run centric offense, a more physical type football team. And I think if the Buffs want to have a chance this one, they need to be able to run the ball. I don't think you want to throw the ball 50 times against this team and this defense. No. And, you know, they're, they're going to run the ball a lot, you know, which they, they've always done. And they've always been a good running team. And uh, especially the last couple of years under Jonathan Smith, as he's gotten this program rolling a little bit. And, uh, you know, the last couple of times that they've played Oregon State, Oregon State's run all over them. And, you know, last year, the Beavers ran for 270 yards and three touchdowns against the Buffs in Corvallis. And uh, the Buffs only had 84 yards rushing. And uh, that I think that was a big difference in the game. So uh, the ground game, I think, this week is going to be huge. And Shadour, you know, he's going to hit some passes. They're going to do some things in the passing game. But I do think that ground game on both sides is going to dictate who wins this football game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Buffs did a serviceable job at, at UCLA. I was, I was impressed at how well... Uh, they were able to to slow down UCLA. You know that the point total you, you with this Buffs defense, you would almost take that going into the game, uh, thinking that your your offense might be able to put up thirty. Obviously, that didn't happen this past week, um, but it's going to be a similar situation this week. Uh, you know, win the battles up front is going to be a key part of this game. Uh, but like UCLA last week, Oregon State, you know, you really, I really respect that offensive line of Oregon State, especially they've got a ground game averaging almost 200 yards a game. Uh, you know, the Buffs stood strong against one last week. Uh, we'll see if they can do it again this time with a chance to play at home this week against Oregon State. Yeah. And last week, one of the biggest keys, obviously, is they got four turnovers, uh, yeah. which was, which was huge and interesting stat. You know, I'm, I'm a stat guy and, you know, I, Went and did some research this week, but um, 20 second time since 1983 that the Buffs have had a plus four differential in turnovers, and the first time they've lost in those situations. So uh, they were 21 and 0 with a plus four until uh, until Saturday night. And so 
that's not that's not good. I mean, you always think that if you get if you can get four turnovers, you're going to win a football game, which the Buffs probably should have if they had any kind of a run game or you know just a better offense at all the other night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that really, you know, made it a, a the the takeaways that is really made it a nip and tuck game for most of the game, and UCLA pulling away a little bit late. Um, you know, the defense it was maybe a good sign. Um, obviously, a big force fumble by Shiloh Sanders, who was unavailable for you know the final two plus quarters in that one, and uh, after the targeting penalty, uh, so it was a great takeaway. It was great to see. Uh, you know, certainly one silver lining of the UCLA game was, was seeing Travis Hunter's performance on defense. Just a couple of great interceptions by him uh, coming off uh, what was a rough game on defense against Stanford uh, in his return from, from his injury absence. Uh, but he looked kind of like the player we saw at the outset of the season on defense, making plays back there. And they're probably going to need that again this week against Oregon state, or even down the road here, these, these last few games, if they're going to find a way to eke out a couple wins and, and get to that sixth win and, and bowl eligibility, they're going to need more of that from the defense. Yeah. And you know, you can't count on uh, getting turnovers like that every week, especially not a week like this, Oregon state uh, actually is tied with CU uh, for the second worst or second lowest uh, you know, turnovers uh, on for the season. They've only, uh, Oregon State's only had six turnovers on the season. Same with CU. So you're probably not going to get four of those this week. So you got to play a little bit better defense. But um, you know, what do you think, prediction wise? Uh, what do you got for this week? Yeah, this has been a tough one to figure. I, on the one hand, I feel like the Buffs are going to bounce back a little bit at home. Um, but of course, the last time we saw them at home, uh, they were, you know, coughing up the the four touchdown lead against Stanford uh, and then struggling last week at UCLA. I feel like the offense will get back on track a little bit. Uh, but again, I just feel like it's a, uh, a, a, a tough matchup for uh, the Buffs, just that physicality. You know, the Buffs have, have struggled to be physical with, with any team this year. They've generally been beaten up front on both sides of the ball as a general rule. And, it's hard to see that trend uh, kind of going the other way uh, against a front like Oregon State on both sides. So I think it'll be a close game, uh, but I think Oregon State prevails in the end, 34-24. All right. I, I, I definitely see all what you're saying. And I will say I, I was impressed with the physicality of the Buffs last week against sure. uh, a UCLA better. team that is physical. Um, you know, they, they didn't run the ball, but they, you know, again, as we talked about, they didn't try, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, UCLA still got us 200 yards rushing, but, um, the way, I mean, those, those fumbles were legit, you know, caused fumbles now by the way, uh, CU was hitting and, um, whether or not you believe Shiloh Sanders, uh, uh hit was a targeting or not. Um, he, he was bringing it the other night. And so I like that. I, I think the buffs are going to bounce back and, um, it's a tough one. You got, I mean, Oregon State's number 16 in the country. It'd be a big upset for them, but um, I think the Buffs bounce back. And I think that uh, that that offensive line, I'm going to believe what Deion Sanders says this week when he says this group, after that talking and everything, they're, they're going to be a much more cohesive offensive line, a, a more prepared offensive line. I'm going to go with that because a lot of times what Deion tells us happens. And so I'm going to say that yeah. that's what happens. And so um, I'm going to put uh, faith in that and put faith in uh, Shador Sanders. I think that defense uh, does a serviceable job this week, and I'm going to go Colorado 30, 
Oregon State 28, a, a close football game, but I think the Buffs get back on track and get that win. And, you know, if, they, if they're going to be bowl eligible, they got to steal one somewhere, probably got to steal two. And uh, this, I think this will be the first one of those two that they steal. Well, if they can get this one, I think it still sets up pretty well to get to a bowl game. You've got Arizona at home and Washington State that has uh, laid a couple eggs in recent weeks. And obviously, you never know week to week uh, in, in college football. But certainly, uh, you know, and again, the Buffs are played well out there as well. But at any rate, you get this one, uh, you get three cracks to win one and you, you got to like those chances. Yeah, much better than if you don't get this one and needing uh, three cracks to win two. Uh, yeah, exactly. and I, you know, I don't even like the odds aren't really that great with this schedule, um, four cracks to win too. So, uh, but if you can, if you can steal one here, you know, and Dion told the team this before last week's game, Hey, we gave up one that we shouldn't have against Stanford. We got to go get one back. Uh, and I think this week is a, last week was a, a good opportunity, but this week is another great opportunity to go get one back. And, um, I, I think the bus are going to do that being at home. And now they haven't done well in those 8 PM uh, starts at home. You know, they were supposed to uh, run away from CSU and barely beat them in overtime. And then uh, they were supposed to run away from Stanford and didn't and lost that game. So those were both 8 o'clock starts. So you hope they handle an 8 o'clock start better this time around. Well, we all need to handle these late starts a little better, <laughs> don't we, Mr. Al? <laughs> yes, we're, we're getting older. and We don't handle those late starts as well as we might have uh, a few years ago. <laughs> so... Um, but I will be out there looking forward to, to seeing you. We only got two more home games. Yeah. Eight, eight o'clock this week and then noon an actual, you know, normal kickoff time next Saturday against Arizona. So only two more home games, but, uh, this will be a fun one this week. I think homecoming weekend and, um, you know, it's a big one for the buffs, but before we get out of here, anything else, I mean, obviously basketball, um, is around the corner. You and I are going to have a basketball podcast before opening day on Monday, um, the women are going out to Las Vegas and I'm going to go out there with them, uh, you know, to play the, the defending champion and number one LSU in the opening day on, on Monday. And then uh, the buffs men are at home against Towson, correct? Exactly. Uh, evening five 30. So uh, nice kind of not late tip off for them either. And looking forward to seeing this team, both teams really. Um, you know, I, I think one, uh, one, one thing that's going to be nice is that they, I mean, both teams should be pretty competitive this year and definitely looking forward to seeing the men get out there. Uh, should be a fun team to watch this year. And as far as everything else this weekend, volleyball is on the road and a big one for soccer on Friday afternoon at Utah uh, after sweeping their home series last weekend against the Arizona schools up to 55 in the RPI. So right there in NCAA tournament bubble territory, um, but they play at Utah in the regular season finale Friday afternoon. Uh, I got to feel like if you, if they get a win there, they have a pretty good ch- chance of getting into the tournament. So a uh, big one in the finale on Friday afternoon for the soccer team. Yeah. I ran into someone the other day talking soccer over, over at CU and they feel like they probably need a little bit of help. Um, also if they get that win, but certainly you have to have the win against Utah there. And with basketball, the only unfortunate thing about Monday is that uh, the men and women's games both start at 5.30 Mountain Time. And so, yeah. um, you, you know, CU fans have to pick one or the other or, you know, have a good remote that, uh, you know, switches channels quickly. So, uh, but yeah, that's the, the only unfortunate thing is at the exact same time. But uh, we're in this, we're in that time of year, Pat. It's where we got soccer, volleyball, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, even cross country all going at the same time. So um, it's a busy time at CU right now. 
always been the busiest time of year, but in a lot of ways, the most fun as well. So uh, certainly looking forward to uh, the next to last home game this week at Folsom Field. Awesome. We'll see you out there on Saturday night. All right. And uh, as always, folks, thank you for listening.